Hello, uh, my name is Shiro, and this is the Point Blank Period podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I am here with the lovely Katrina, and this is the first episode for this podcast. Uh, the main purpose for this podcast is to speak on social issues and social injustices in this world, um, breaking stereotypes and stigmas, and also interviewing other creatives such as like um, people in photography or arts and stuff like that, especially POCs and Black creatives, and just shedding light and having real discussions with real people and having issues, I mean, talking about issues that we really, really should be talking about already in, within our community. <clears throat> so Katrina, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you for asking. How are you? I am great. I am great. So for episode one, I wanted to talk about, you know, the... Um, the, the industry that is enduring of like the stripping industry and how like the mentality it is <clears throat> and also like just talking about the different mentalities and the things that people have to go through stuff that people don't understand or know the stupid stigmas and stereotypes that come into the stripping world like the negative connotations that come with it but like I wanted to like get your insight um, because you have been in that industry and everything like that so like the first question I did want to ask is um like how old were you when you started and like where was your first like place of start so I started out when I was um 18 years old I was 18 going on 19 actually Mm -hmm. um I started in Charlotte at a club called the crazy horse Mm -hmm. Uh, I started working the day shift there and really the reason that I got started is because I was, it was summer break. I was uh, supposed to be going back to school at the time. However, the university that I was attending, they did let me know, you know, that I owed them some extra money Mm -hmm. that I needed to pay before I could go back the next semester. And I didn't have all of that money. And I was really stressing about that. And really, I was just like, like I was at ends meet. I didn't know what to do. Um, I was working a job at the time, but obviously that job wasn't giving me the money that I needed in order to get back into school. And so I thought, you know, like, well, I've heard people talking about this and I thought that it would be a good idea for me to try it. So I went to the club and I auditioned and I got the job. Did you say this was in Pittsburgh or did you say Crazy Horse was not in like Pittsburgh? Was this the first start? Yeah. Crazy Horse was actually in Charlotte. In Charlotte. Okay. Okay. So in Charlotte, um, like what was like, I guess the atmosphere, like when you first got into it, like when you, you, I know you said you were 18 about to be 19 what was the atmosphere like when you first got in there after the audition and everything like that so as far as the club (laughs) because I started out working the day shift usually Mm -hmm. um usually like most clubs they do it does vary but I know for the most part if you go to clubs they do have you start out on the day shift just to see how well you are you know like working the pole talking to customers how comfortable you are in this environment Mm -hmm. when I first started out I started working the day shift and it was very um it was slow we would get like three or four customers in there and so you really had to hustle because it was like four or five girls and of course you know you just wanted to make your money for the day right and if you weren't like if you weren't there and you weren't on it like closed mouths don't get fed basically that's how it was right so you just learn to like move in a crowd really that's what the day shift teaches you and that's really the environment that that was for me uh it was pretty slow I learned a few tricks there a lot of the girls were nice they were able to show me like tricks things that you can do I learned how to do lap dances from the girls they did teach me that um Mm -hmm. really it's just 
you watch others and then you go and do it. And then if you make friends, they'll also teach you how to do it. I was just grateful <laughs> because I got lucky to where I didn't have a lot of women there who were like very jealous and catty right. and to start problems just because you were the new girl or just because they felt like you were stepping on their toes because you were there and you were making like more money than them. Like I didn't really experience too much there at the crazy horse. So that, that was always a plus for me. And that's why I like that, that was an enjoyable environment for me where I was able to make my money and go and then go about my day which is interesting you talk about because um I guess like in tv shows a lot of tv shows and movies they kind of show it like when you get into this world like all these women are out to get you you know what I'm saying like kind of the stereotype they put out there like like it's kind of I guess like the intimidating like oh yeah she's a stripper she has to deal with catty girls jealousy stealing you know like the what tv and you know, oh no I'm not saying that I didn't have to no 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 no. that was just at that one club I'm from <laughs> right. <the> other clubs <laughs> I just got lucky with that one club you right. do run into a lot of cattiness and a lot of jealous women and you just mm-hmm. have to learn to like brush that off like at the end of the day you're there to make money you're not there to make friends you're not there to get into arguments with people over silly things like make your money and go home at the end of the day this is a job so you still have to treat it as such would you say though in the industry it's more friendlier like it's usually more friendly than jealousy and stuff like that or do you think it just depends where you're at it really just depends where you're at um I know at at clubs like bigger clubs Mm -hmm. the only way that girls really make money is when they help each other okay and so it's usually at the smaller clubs where the women are always catty, where like nobody's really making that much money or mm-hmm. uh, only certain girls are getting chosen. Like it, you can't have that. If y'all want to make money, like y'all all have to work together. <laughs> y'all are all trying to get to the same common goal. Some may get more money than others, but at the end of the day, the goal is to make money and you just kind of have to play the game. Okay. What, when you said like the daytime shifts, what, what was that really looking like? Like noon to like 6 PM? What was really daytime shifts? Yeah, yeah, like noon to five. Oh, okay. Five p.m. was when the night shift started. Oh, okay. And you said it was just usually slow and stuff like that during the daytime yeah, shift. Yeah, for the most part, it was usually just like the regulars would come in for like their lunch breaks, come see the girls. Um, sometimes, just yeah. Right, and then like within this industry, there's a lot that plays into it, and especially like physical, like abilities and stuff like that and like something I guess a lot of people don't talk about is like the strength that you have to have not just even physical like mental strength too like what are some things that you had to realize like this might not just be cut out for everybody like everybody may want to be a stripper or something like that an exotic dancer and you're like this is just not cut out it could be physical or mental what do you think it was so I think that um a lot of times when girls start stripping, they have this idea in their head that they're going to make like a thousand dollars a night every night. And it's going to be so great. And it's like one huge party. And I get it because I thought the same thing as well, but I'm Mm going to be real honest with y'all. That's not the reality of it. Some nights you're going to make really good money. You're going to be like, wow, like I can finally afford to pay my rent (laughs) off of this one night that I, that I've been working here. And then there's other nights where you're like, I should have just stayed at home because I'm losing out on money. Just being here with my presence. I'm losing out on time with my family or my friends. just losing out on the experiences and all just by showing up here and I feel like nobody ever tells you about the downside of like stripping like every night you're not going to come home with big money bags you know filled all the way up like that's not that's just not realistic there's also gonna be times where you're gonna feel uh, like unsure 
like insecure about yourself because you didn't make as much money as you wanted to make and you see other girls making money and that's that's not to say that there's anything wrong with you that just wasn't your night like maybe something was off maybe the outfit that you had on was off or maybe your hair was a little off but that doesn't say anything about you and who you are as a person that doesn't take away from how attractive you are that doesn't take away from anything like if you're not mentally strong enough and confident enough with yourself I really do not <laughs> recommend that you start stripping because that is something that will really start to take a toll on the way that you view yourself and your self-esteem. And at the same time, if you are somebody who is really confident of yourself and you you have men constantly and consistently coming up to you telling you how beautiful and how gorgeous you are, like that will, sometimes that'll blow your head up to make you think that you're more than what you really are as well. So you kind of just have to know how to humble yourself and keep yourself grounded. Speaking back on that, like that that is definitely something that I feel a lot of people don't really look into like like kind of speaking back on the whole 18 thing you know where right. um a lot of people may think as soon as they turn 18 they want to jump into this field and thinking kind of the same mentality you thought or like used to think where oh I'm I'm a, I'm a chase a bag as soon as I start into this or wherever club I go to I'm gonna get a stack you know what I'm saying so right. what do you have to say for the people like so like what do you what is your stance on 18 year olds starting into this industry do you think people should wait or do you think if you want to go get it go get it like what is your stance on that honestly when I would if if you would have caught me like a few years ago I'd have been like you know fuck what everybody else has to say you know get a bag don't worry about anybody else's opinion but I'm gonna be real honest with you and just like very candid at the same time like that is very unrealistic because the facts of the matter is that if you don't think of stripping as something that you'll do for a long time say this is just a stepping stone for something that you want to use for like a business goal or career goal that you have you are going to have to worry about what other people think you're going to constantly and consistently have to carry yourself in a way where people don't view you as like um I guess really like some shysty girl or some shady girl because of what you used to do in the past you right. really just have to learn to separate that away from who you are and <laughs> what you do you know you mm -hmm. kind of and I, I feel like uh, most people don't really think about it like that because when I was 18 years old like I wasn't really thinking about it like that of course I had like career goals and you know I wanted to be a business owner and do all these things and I wasn't really thinking straightly like you know I can't really just put myself out there like this because people are going to see me unfortunately and think less of me just because I, I did this right for a long time. So I'm not very open with people about that. And I feel like more people need to start considering that. I feel like we live in a culture now where hypersexuality is something that's uh, really just like chased after and glorified. And there's nothing wrong with being hypersexual, but you also need to learn that there's a time and a place for that. And not, there, not every day <laughs> is there a time and a place for that. Right. It, yeah, it's the reason why I'd ask that is because um, we, had, we had talked about it a little bit earlier with um bad baby where she just turned 18 <clears throat> and she as soon as she turned 18 she got into only fans and i know like that's a different realm but it, i think that still applies to this conversation because how as soon as she turned 18 like she i think she made a million dollars i could be wrong but i think she made like a lot of money and it kind of like the hypersexuality and stuff like that but it kind of shows like how men were preying on her you know they were waiting for her to be legal and there was a debate going on Twitter and stuff like that, saying how people who are already in sex work or in like in the in this industry 
saying like they were saying this is why we believe women should wait until you're 21 or at least old enough to know like is this something I really want to do you know compared to like doing it right at the bat at 18 and then there was people who were arguing saying like oh well she's grown you guys always complain like 18 is the legal age she's grown but I feel like it always matters about the intention behind it you know like the fact that these men were waiting you know what I'm saying and it kind of makes you think too like in the stripper like world or like in the in the sex world like sex workers world like how men will literally wait like they'll literally sit back in the shadows you know yes and then when you're legal they're like well I can't get in trouble now I'm legal you're legal and you're like but you were waiting that's still predatory like she's not even legal she's barely legal if you think about it because (laughs) she turned 18 at midnight so that means you was on your phone at 10 p.m. Wait, you know, counting down, you know. So it kind of like raised the question, like, should should people wait? And it'll I like I always wondered, like, I mean, I wouldn't know because it's like I'm not in that field, but it makes me wonder, like, what is it? Like some people do think, yeah, you should definitely wait. And then some people are like, mm, do what you got to do if you want to make that bag. And I get it. Some people's circumstances, they can't wait, you know, like there's family hardships and um, paying for school and stuff like stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's an interesting area. And like, it's it's just so interesting though, like how we don't talk a lot about, we shame um, sex workers and we shame strippers and stuff like that. Talking about, they wanted to do this. They're putting their bodies out there. You know what I'm saying? Right, but, but you never know somebody's circumstances. So Exactly. And another thing is like the same people who are shaming other people are the same ones who are paying for their um things or they're going to the strip club and spending money. I've seen people spend thousands at the strip club and I've seen people just being there just to be there. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's like, these are the same people who though will go on a Twitter rant or a Facebook rant and be like, oh, she's a hoe. Why is she a hoe? Because she's an OnlyFans but you were paying for that, you know, like it, it makes no sense. You know, I think a lot of times people just like to hear themselves (laughs) talk or Mm -hmm. sometimes people just talk to talk. Um, in that event, like you just can't pay those people too much attention because really it's not about the substance of what they have to say. It's just really, they just want to say something. Exactly. And, um, I think also what needs to be talked about is kind of how men treat sex workers and strippers when they're there when they're in that climate like um just the things that they do like it's very very um sometimes I think it's very crude and it kind of it's like they're right they're already seeing people as less than you know like they'll come into the 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 club or whatever and they'll be they think that they can just touch you anywhere or say anything to you and then you should be okay to like like as if you're a slave you know and I'm not saying you personally but you know what I mean like it's just Like, what is, what is something that you think of? Like, what is your take on that? Like how some men just come in and like, they're like, well, I'm throwing money at you. So you have to do whatever I say, you know? Honestly, it really <laughs> just depends because as a dancer, um, you have to be like accommodating to the customers that you do have. So if this man is in front of you and he's throwing a lot of money on you and he's kind of acting like an asshole, like really you just have to play the game with him. The goal is to get as much money out of him as you possibly can right. because you're trying to meet a goal at the end of the night. So you really sense. just have to kind of 
play his little game. But at the end of the day, that's all it is. It's just a little game. You don't have to really pay this man any attention after that. Like you don't know him from a can of paint, just like he don't know you from a can of paint. So you just go about your day after this is all over with. And I try to chalk it up to just that. Like these people don't know me. I don't know them. At the end of the day, we're just here. This is just something that we just happen to do. It's a job. Yeah, it's it's Mm -hmm. a job. It's a job. It's a it's a it's it's a job. I I see sex work and stripping as a job. Like it's literally a job. I I go to work. What am I doing? I'm getting paid. Why am I there? I mean, yeah, I like my job, but I I'm getting paid. Same thing with strippers or sex workers. Like a good majority, they like what they do. And I think also we need to talk about like women empowerment too with this with this job because a lot of women I know they said they they feel in their zone. They feel powerful. They feel like in like amazing like you know what i'm saying and i guess with all these men like i guess glorifying them it makes them feel good at times like have you felt that as well like when you're on stage and stuff you're just like yes like definitely when you feel the high of like performing and dancing and then uh, like you're making money and just feel it like you're under the influence so it feels like one big ass party and you're just having (laughs) a good time and enjoying yourself but yeah of course I I think like anybody would feel like that if they get put in the right circumstance or if they experience that as well so I think that's just something like a natural human reaction to that um but was there ever a time you were on stage and it made you not feel that like it made you feel the opposite at all kind of like yeah there were a few times I think kind of because I don't I don't really dance anymore um Mm -hmm. I think I I think I realized that there was a few times I was on stage and in the midst of me dancing I just kind of started thinking to myself like what are you doing here like why are you here (laughs) right and I think I think there's gonna come a precipice where every stripper has that realization like why am I standing here right now what am I doing here right now right right it's like it's fun in the moment and it, I mean that applies to anything too you know what I'm saying like right. yeah like I'll be at work and I'm like why am I at this job you know <laughs> like I'd be like why am I letting these people just talk to me any type of way you know what I'm saying right but what are some stigmas though like that you think that need to be removed too from this industry or like the stereotypes like the negative connotations that you're like we need to stop saying that or we need to stop doing that like because it is a job and it's still it's such a beautiful field too but like what are things that you're like no like we need to remove that stigma and stereotype so let's start off with this one every stripper is not a prostitute unfortunately Mm -hmm. you're going to come across some strippers who are prostitutes but every single one of them are not prostitutes this is a job they get paid Mm -hmm. to dance for you Uh, Mm -hmm. sometimes completely naked sometimes just topless But at the end of the day, that doesn't mean that they have to go home with you at the end of the night and have sex with you or that you can offer them money and they'll do that. Or that if you do offer them money to do that, they shouldn't be offended by that. We need to get rid of that idea completely. Like that's very, I I think that's like, that just completely flabbergasts me that (laughs) men think that that's acceptable behavior to do at a strip club. And I get it. I understand why, because we are some form, we're our form of sex workers. I get that. I understand that, but that's, that doesn't make that okay. Do a lot of men come to strip clubs like to try to like get the women to become prostitutes? Like, is it a a, a daily occurrence that you see that? that yes, I can that? say every single time that I was at the strip club, there was at least one man <laughs> there trying to get girls to go home with him to have sex for money. I can say that surely. Like, <laughs> I say that with conviction. That it's just, and once you see it, it's just like 
why? Like, why did you think that was okay? Because if you see this woman out in the street, I imagine you probably wouldn't approach her that way. But because right. she's here right now in this club and she does what she does, you think that that's okay. You think that's acceptable behavior. At the end of the day, this is just a job. Exactly. And I think and- it shows <laughs> men's privilege and it shows like the privilege that men have. And they think they're like, they think they're like dominant. Like you said it perfectly. If someone sees you on a, at, on a, like on, on the street, right? Like just walking your dog, you know, they'll treat right. you completely differently. But compared to you being at a strip club, they'll like kind of degrade you. And you're like, I'm still the same person. It's just, I have less clothes. You know, I'm now dancing. I'm now doing this. I'm doing something that I like. I'm doing something for a job. You know what I'm saying? So it's right. interesting how you say that. Like, it's like, you could be, you're the same exact person. And at 11 PM, you're at this club, but at 11 a.m. you were walking your dog and how the demeanor of people how they treat you just because you were in this field and that's something I definitely think that needs to be talked about like like how you're saying with the prostitution like they think they could just pimp girls out or just take them out because they're like oh I'm paying so you should come back with me you know what I'm saying and it's just like that's not the case like at the end of the day this is my job at the end of the day I'm here to get my money like I'm not you're not here because you're like oh who can I sleep with that's not your agenda your agenda is I'm I clocked in I'm like what you know what I mean like I clock in I'm here I get on stage I get money thrown at me I'm happy I I can pay bills stuff like that same exact thing and it's it sucks that the demeanor has to change just because of this I mean the setting but also just because what you're doing because that's why I think it should be more normalized too because I work, I work with like an IT and stuff like that. And I mean, I've had shitty people, you know, come and yell (laughs) at me and stuff like that, but it's like, it's not the same compared to like me and you, because like, I guess in a way, like if they still see me in the street, they may still treat me with the same respect. You know what I'm saying? As they saw me in that store compared to like with you, like they just treat you any type of way because you're in this club. And it's like, that's not okay though. That is still a person. Like we need to normalize sex workers because we need to normalize, like they are still doing their job just because they have few clothes on and they're performing a sexual act or even just a dance does not mean they are a completely different person. You know what I'm saying? Right. That is completely true. Another thing that I think people need to realize, you know, because a stripper is in a club and she's Mm -hmm. talking to you and, you know, she's a little flirtatious, maybe very bubbly. That does not mean that she, you know, likes you or has romantic (laughs) feelings for you. I don't know why this is a common occurrence with men where they just think that um, the entertainers like them and want to be with them just because they are flirting with them. At the end of the day, she sees the money that you have in your pockets and she wants the money. And it's part of her job to do that. She kind of has to fluctuate and change her personality to talk to you, to accommodate herself, to be the type of woman that you like. And at the end of the day, that doesn't make her like, oh, it's some gold digging whore or anything like, like, no, this is her job. Like you have to understand that this is, this is all sales. That's all it is. It's just sales period it's sales you're right yeah like you any any job is the same way people change their demeanor i've like i work i i go to work and of course i'm going to be more happy i'm going to be more willing to help but like because it's my job i have to be more happy (laughs) i have to be more helpful you know what i'm saying like if i was stubborn and an asshole the whole time you think i'd still have my job you know what i'm saying like you're not going to get paid for that and you're right like this is your job at the end of the day and yeah like i've seen guys just get mad at strippers because like if they like 
maybe one girl has, is just having a bad day, you know? And she might have a little attitude and I get it to her job, but they'll be like, oh, like she's a gold digger or like they talk down upon her. And I'm like, but if she, but if she's nice to you, like, like you think she's, she has to come home with you. Like it's that, it's that like, well, she's a stripper. So she has to come with me and be like, you know, home with me. And also like, she's nice to me. So she must like me. What? Like that doesn't, that doesn't even make sense. Like, I don't understand why people even have that mentality like oh i'm nice to you so now i like you do you know how many people were nice in this world <laughs> right like, like that's that's and if you think about it it's such an immature outtake like an outlook on life like what do you have <laughs> a lot of men that do prey on trying to like like that what is that that stereotype like trying to turn a stripper like into like a housewife like, you know what i'm saying like trying to turn a stripper out like like try to make her like change her life do you have a lot of men that do come into the club like that's their agenda um i don't i don't necessarily think that's their agenda i do think <laughs> that there's a lot of lonely men out there and unfortunately they go to strip clubs looking for some type of way to fill that void thinking yeah. that you know the stripper could possibly be a way for that to happen and <laughs> unfortunately like a lot of them end up getting their heart broken even more than what it already was because that's not what this is exactly. and they just don't understand that You're right exactly what is some safety precautions that you always would love to advise other strippers that are getting into this world like what is some safety things you're like could be a like safety in the club or even safety in mentality like what is something you're like make sure you do this or like I would look out for this. This is a mistake I did. But now, now that I know I would do it differently. You know, <laughs> that is so funny that you asked that question. I remember when I was working at a club in Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. my first day there, the manager told me, he was talking to me, you know, really just bringing me on, telling me about the club and the girls. And the last thing that he said to me, he was like, always look before you sit. Why? Why? <laughs> it sounded crazy to me in the moment <laughs> yeah however there was one time when I went upstairs to do a private dance and a man um he pulled his pants down oh wow <laughs> yeah and I just remember hearing my boss's voice in my head go look before you sit and I turned around to see that <laughs> and I'm so happy I did yeah security came it was not a good moment for him he was very drunk I kind of felt bad for him because I knew he was very very drunk um yeah I just that is the advice that I would give to anybody who's entering into this world always look before you sit sometimes men are weird and you never know what people have like it's just it's just yeah. best to not even take the chance just look and now I do that just out of <laughs> I guess it's like a trauma response now I just do that everywhere regardless I'm gonna look before I sit down because you never know what you, you never know yeah I thought at first you were talking because like I don't even know what I thought you were talking. I was just kind of like scared. Like, what do you mean look before you said? But now looking at that, I'm like, wow, that's very, I'm sorry that happened to you. And that's very disgusting. Like the fact that they, men can just think that they could just do that. You know, like, uh, like how you say he was drunk, but that's not an excuse. Like, like you, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That is, oh my God. And do you believe, like you were talking about like the trauma response. Do you think there's a lot of trauma that does come with stripping? Yeah, I just think like um, inherently, like I said, if you're not mentally like strong enough, or if you're not confident <laughs> enough with yourself, I think that um, stripping can be very detrimental to your mental health. Hmm. So 
yeah, it would be best, you know, just take a step back and reevaluate yourself and like what your goals are in life, what your priorities are, what your values mean to you before you really like dive into this world. Because if you don't have a strong understanding of who you are, unfortunately, like there's going to be some girls or some men who are going to take a, who are going to prey on that. And then you'll fall victim to whatever it is that they're involved in because you weren't strong enough to say, no, that's not who I am. Right. Right. That, yeah. Because it, it definitely is a job that, you know, the stigma to it is so negative, you know, which is unfortunate. It's negative in Hollywood. It's negative in society. And it, it, it's one of those jobs, though. It's not negative because if you think about it, all the fundamentals that you're doing is the same thing as somebody working in a bank. You know, you're there for a job. You're there to get paid. You have to put a smile on your face. Only difference is a teller is sitting in one, standing in one position and you're moving around. But at the end of the day, like, what is the agenda is to get paid. And yeah, like the negative connotation and like it, I feel like it does take a toll too on people's like because I feel like this industry is definitely, it's, it's like, it's packing a lot of a punch. Like how you said, like, there's sometimes jealousy with other dancers and then the men too that are preying on people or the men that are doing things that are obviously sexual harassment period you know right and other things and it takes a huge like how's the security too like when you're working in these in the in the like in the clubs and stuff so it really just varies um when I was working at the crazy horse, the security, because it was a day shift, the security was very minimal. So there was like mm-hmm. one guard at the door, maybe two, just depending on the day that it was. Right. Um, when I was working in Pittsburgh, because that club was a club that was uh, like an after hours spot, there was um, like heavy security, especially right. on the weekends. Right. Um, like working in Florida. Yeah, there, there's a lot of security in police officers. <laughs> constantly around because you know Florida yeah (laughs) and it really just depends on the type of club that you are you have to look at the environment the people that you're around like that uh that that's a lot to take into consideration right yeah I I can only imagine um what, what are some positives though that you like something you're like man I wish I could go back to that like what are the fun things that you realize like positive you're like it is super fun doing that like what are some positives when you were working in the club when I was working at the strip club, that is the most confident that I felt about myself mm-hmm. in my whole life. And it's just because I was secure enough as who I am as a person right. that I was able to, you know, go there freely and get my money and just go about. I also like the freedom that came with it. Just like um, if I didn't feel like going into work that day, I didn't have to go in. I just call my boss and be like, hey, you know, I can't come. Yeah, right. You know, making my own hours, doing what I want to do. Um, exactly. Constantly. It was uh, like very positive reinforcement. It was very, um, as far as the money that you get, because it was always just like, um, if you come in tonight, you'll make some form of cash and then go home. Right. And it, I just like that so much about that. That was really it. There was really nothing else. There was a lot of negatives, unfortunately, with that job that came yeah. with it that I just couldn't deal with anymore. And it was like, you know, it's time for me to just like move on. Which was the best place you think you worked at, like citywide or statewide? City or like you're like, this is definitely a place. Like it's nice to, um, I guess to work in. What was a place you're like? I I like working here. Um, 
I would say true diamonds in Pittsburgh, but that's not, that's not because, <laughs> that's not because of the environment or anything. It's just because of my coworkers. Like I really like the girls that work there. Everybody was friendly. It was nice. You very rarely was it like catty girls there or girls who were jealous and didn't want to see you win or put you down. Like very rarely was that ever the case. It were always girls who had your back. We were like one big family. Like if one of us fight, all of us fight. <laughs> That's no, I, I definitely understand that. Like, that's great, honestly. And like when it came to like family too, like when it came to money and stuff like that, how do you guys go about that? Like when it comes to like, you know, there, there's all these dollar bills thrown, you know, and sometimes yeah. you may forget some or I, I like, like I, I've been in the club once and I twice, three times, <laughs> but I've seen like, there's also like somebody on the side helping you pick up your money and stuff like that but like have you ever dealt with situations with money like could be a little shady or stuff like like trust issues with that yes always 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 watch your money and who has your money you know sometimes I know because a lot of girls get drunk or they're under the influence so they're not really paying attention they're just doing their thing getting Mm -hmm. always watch your money you know there's always people that's paying attention to how you're moving and they're like oh she's drunk so she's not going to notice this oh she's high so she's not really going to need that like no pay attention to your money at the end of the day this is a job you need to get your money you need to do what you have to do so you can pay your bills and there's going to be girls who are also under the impression that they need to do what they need to do so that they can pay their bills and unfortunately that may mean taking something off of you oh wow 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 you have a specific situation no no name no names names, ask you but you like yeah we're just gonna leave it at that because (laughs) because you were like check your money is that hard to though is that hard like to um like while you're dancing like kind of multitask like look around like okay he I know he gave me this amount of money and I know like is it hard to multitask or at the end of the dance you're like you just look at the floor and you're like okay here we go so when you first start out dancing um it'll it'll look like there's like uh, more money than what there really is sometimes or mm-hmm. like yeah you just really have to pay attention to it when you first start however when you get more into it like as you're on stage and you've been doing this for a long time you'll be able to just look down and eyeball your money and tell like yeah I got a hundred dollars there yeah that's almost 200 there <laughs> like you'll know and then there's also people just depending on how the club is like how busy the club is that night or really how your club works there's people who also stand at the stage and will help you collect your money and they won't take any money from you it's their job to help you collect your money and you tip them out at the end of the night oh so there are people who are like they are supposed to stay there to watch your money it's not other dancers doing it there are like people who are I guess employed yes. to watch you. Okay. Yes. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's really cool though. That's that's awesome and stuff like that. Um well, speaking about the alcohol and drugs that were used, like, is that and I know you said like, you know, when you're under the influence, it kind of makes you like more confident or stuff like that. It kind of makes you feel like you're in a party. Do you think though there is maybe level of abuse in like alcoholism and drug use in this in this industry because do you feel like everybody does it okay definitely yeah definitely it's because um you know with the stigmas (laughs) that go with this industry like nobody's ever telling you no so you you know if you're underage nobody's ever going to be like let me see your id or you can't have a drink like no there's always going to be somebody who's going to sneak it back there for you Okay. Gonna be- are they strict yes. about that like eight like if they're like an 18 year old is dancing and like let's say 
she's like, oh, um, I need to be more confident. So I'm going to buy myself a drink at the bar. Are they strict about that for the dancers or? Some clubs are very strict about that because they just don't want the sloppiness that comes with that. There's other <laughs> clubs where if you know how to handle yourself, okay. They'll just, yeah, they'll just do it. Yeah, they they'll turn, do. they'll turn their head. Like they may not be the happiest about it. And if the police come in, you on your own. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah okay um what about traveling too have you ever like traveled like gone city to city I mean as far as do you mean like I was living in one city and I would travel to another city to dance no I have never done that what do you think about that like when people do travel is that is that definitely something a route like people should look into or is it, if are you like if you're good in this club you don't need to travel like what do you think about that so it really just depends on who you are. If you feel like, you know, some girls, they don't they don't necessarily just travel just to dance. They're traveling because they're on vacation. They want to get out and see something. They just happen to go to a club and work. Like, I, I get that. I wholeheartedly understand that. It just depends on who you are as a person. Like me, um, because I don't know a lot of people. Right. I'm not just going to go to like city to city to city, you know, right. chasing after like money and stuff. Like that's just not worth it to me. But for some girls who are very confident in themselves and their skills and they know like, they, okay, I can do this. Like if I'm getting money here, I could probably get money there. And they really do their research and they're comfortable with that. Then by all means, why not? Why, why, why limit yourself in any way, shape or form? Exactly. That's definitely true. I mean, who doesn't want to go on a different city vacation? You know what I'm saying? And then right. also make a bag while or make money like while you're in a different city and stuff like that. How like um, with the Florida clubs compared to like uh, North Carolina and like Pittsburgh, do you say for sure? Like, you know, there's like, like that stigma. Not, yeah, like the stigma stereotype that if you go to Atlanta or if you're in Florida, like Miami, like you're about to make a like a bag, you know what I'm saying? And, but also there's a lot of competition because like all the P a lot of people may have that mindset. So they move right. down there. So what is your take on that? Listen, if you are not like a vet in this game, mm -hmm. or if you're just new starting out and you really like want to be on your P's and Q's, I would recommend doing that. The reason being is because like clubs like um, in Florida, like if you go dance at, let's see, like G5 down in Miami. Mm -hmm. That club has the best of the best. Like you're, you're not, not compared to like Pittsburgh and not to knock any of the women in Pittsburgh because there are a lot of beautiful women in Pittsburgh. But a 10 in Pittsburgh is not a 10 in Miami. Right. You know, that's a different, that's a different league. You playing in a different ball game now. So mm -hmm. if you really want to stay on your toes and your P's and Q's, I would recommend that just because the women there, you're going to be able to learn something. Like you can learn something from everybody, even a fool. A fool can teach you how not to be a fool. So you're right, you're right. Right. So, <laughs> so I would, I would wholeheartedly recommend that. However, I don't think that you should just do this like um on a whim like just like right whim. like re reckless abandon like don't do that don't just pack it all up one day and move down to Atlanta and start dancing like that's not be smart about it like <laughs> so know? like like an 18 year old like let's say they want to start or even it doesn't have to be 18 like a 20 year old 21 year old like let's say no stripping experience whatsoever and they're like you know what I'm just gonna move to Atlanta and just strip it some like at some clubs do you believe that's not a good idea do you think like make your name, like make I, your name somewhere else first and then get down there? No, not even make your name somewhere else. 
pick up a few tricks first. That's really mm. the main goal of it. Because everybody thinks sometimes if you're really good at floor work, you can get by as <laughs> on not doing much on the pole. However, people still like to see the show and the moves and stuff that goes with that. So you if you're not if you're not all the way there with that yet, I would not recommend you doing that because those women there, like they're really on it. Right. Like their pole work is amazing. And then they can work the floor as well. It's probably years of practice too. Like. Right. They've been in this game for years. They didn't start out at G5. They started out at some nickel and dime club and they worked their work up. So you exactly. really have to respect the hustle. Exactly. Like I always think about that. Like when people say, oh, I'm just going to take the chance. I've never stripped in my life. I'm going to go to Atlanta and I'm just going to wing it or I'm going to go to Florida or Houston and I always think about like it's like what if it doesn't go the way you planned it to go you know what I'm saying now you're in this city nope like no place you're like just jump into places and uh, and like if you don't have any money down there you're like kind of stuck you already sold your house or left your apartment and stuff like that so it's kind of like I've always thought about that people who just move on up and I'm like that is a tricky thing and I feel like that's dangerous too like no, you don't know any yeah it definitely is it certainly is Um, you you know nobody there and you're just like let's do it it's definitely not for the faint-hearted so Mm -hmm. to people who can do that like I definitely commend you Mm -hmm. especially to pack it up and move there by yourself like even when I packed everything up and moved I still had somebody (coughs) with me so it was a little easier if I didn't have everything together like I always had somebody there to fall back with me whereas if you're there by yourself like you're just there you have to make you have to figure it out on your own Exactly. Exactly. And speaking kind of on that of moving and how we were talking about like making a name for yourself, how, how fast does word get of someone being like a no, like I know like with social media and stuff like that, but I mean, like, there's like a, I feel like in this industry, it's kind of like a close kin, you know, like everybody knows that stripper, you know, cause like maybe their name or like the stuff they've done, how fast does word get around? Like, oh no, she's a great dancer. Like she is a great dancer. Like they are a great dancer. How fast does word get out there? So it really just depends on how well you're able to market yourself um, Mm -hmm. as far as this goes. Some people may be great dancers, but nobody ever realizes that because they weren't marketing themselves on social media the way they needed to. Or when it was time for them to really dance in the club, some people like they can't (laughs) perform as well because they have stage fright, which I wouldn't recommend you being an entertainer if that is the case, because yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's what your job is. But you know, it just really varies from person to person. Um, There is no set algorithm for like, oh, if I talk to this many people, then my word of the the word of me being a great dancer will spread this much. Like there is no set formula for it. You really just have to go out there and go for it. Put yourself out there. Exactly. No, I definitely feel that. Is it hard? Like, the heels and stuff like how I always wondered that like when you're wearing those I see like these long heels and I see you guys dancing and I'm like wow I could I couldn't even probably just stand in those heels like like how do you practice for that like how like how do you like train for that uh as far as the heels so I think it's something that you become desensitized to over a long period of time I know for me when I first put the heels on they would hurt my feet and it caused like blisters all over my foot and then you know, after I started to put them on more and more and more, I just got used to it to where I just wouldn't feel like it was basically numb at a point where I would just take the shoes off and I wouldn't feel anything anymore. So you just, yeah, you get used to it. And also those heels are designed for you to be able to dance and move around in. So I always see jokes, like some people say, like, it matters about like, 
I guess the heel or the boot, like you can tell like how long this person yeah. has been stripping. Is that true? Yes, that is true. You usually know when a girl just started out stripping because she'll have the little, uh, it's not like, it's a, it's a shorter heel on the shoe, but it's also like, um, like a thong heel compared to the woman who's been dancing for a long time. They know a few tricks. They know that you're supposed to wear the boots, like really like leather boots that are able to grip the pole a little easier. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you can definitely tell. So with pole dancing, how long did you have to train to like get your like physical strength when you're pole dancing? You know what I'm saying? Like, like I just see people doing tricks. They're all about like, they're, they're upside down spinning. I'm like, my arms would give up on me how long do you did like I know everybody's different everybody's different but how long did you have to train you're like it took this amount of time for me to just get that strength up so I would say it took me about a good year of dancing Mm -hmm. yeah just for me to be able to have the strength you know to do a lot of tricks to hold my own body weight it took me about a year year wow that is wow that's a that's a workout (laughs) it is a workout (laughs) yeah your body like dancing that's one of the things that I miss the most about dancing because I'm not a person where I like I enjoy going to the gym and doing stuff like that like that that is physically and mentally exhausting for me to have to go to the gym like I just don't enjoy those things so dancing was really what kept me in shape and it really had my body snatched and I miss that so much about dancing that yeah I I would see some like some girls arms like bulky I'm like damn like they be practicing on this and like I can only imagine because that is a workout like that is genuinely a workout and wow um is it I've always wondered is it true about the spit thing like you a lot of girls spit on the pole so like because I always see like people make jokes about that like oh like that's not sweat that's spit is that true um, as far I hope that's not the truth I, oh. I've never seen anybody in all actuality really what it is is alcohol is rubbing alcohol oh, that you oh, put okay. on a rag in the event that somebody was wearing some type of like lotion or oil and mm-hmm. the pole became slippery because of them which a lot of women that's just a known rule in the entertainment industry like you don't do that because you know it's going to make it harder for the next girl that has to get on stage now she's slipping and sliding all around the stage just because you wanted to glisten while you were out there and that's unfair to everybody else exactly how important is women empowerment and like women solidarity in the stripper world like how important is it because you know with with girls maybe being catty and stuff but like how important is it for people to actually support each other in the club and stuff like that it's it's very very important you know if you go to bigger clubs you'll see all the girls working together and all of those girls are making money and the reason being is because they're working together they're not trying to tear each other down they're not there to be petty and start fights and do all of that they're there to get their money and so they understand that the the most optimal way for us all to make money is for us all to work together period yeah that's yeah because it seems like it seems like when you, I mean, teamwork makes the dream work literally, but it seems like whenever, when you guys work together and stuff like that, it's easier to trust people. Seems like that too, when it comes to money and stuff like that, or it's easier to maybe even have the confidence to ask somebody, like maybe you're shy about something, you know, and you're like, can you actually teach me how you did that or stuff like that? So it seems like it's definitely something that needs to be talked about too, like with the women encouragement and solidarity that comes into play in this um what are like also you were talking about like the owners of the club like you were saying like a payout and stuff like that so you have to pay the owner like of the place like a a certain amount of money yeah so you have to pay a house fee um Mm -hmm. really just depending on where you at and uh 
how the how the structure is set up the fees do vary i know like um when i was working the day shift in charlotte i only had to pay out ten dollars no matter how many hours i worked uh whereas like in in pittsburgh the the house fee was based off of how many how much money you made that night so mm. it really just varies depending on where you're at i know when i was dancing here um in florida um at the club that i was working at it's probably it high varied as well yeah yeah it was probably high as hell wow do you um so with the house fees like you said it varies and stuff like that what if you don't have that money like what if you made no money that night and what if you don't have the ten dollars so what do you do then so yeah you can always talk to them and let them know Uh, i know for the most part like all the clubs that i've ever worked at if you didn't have the money to pay out that night you just Mm -hmm. talk to them and let them know like hey this is all i made they tell you like hey give me a portion of this and then come back tomorrow and make the rest of the money Uh, i mean yeah of course yeah i always wondered that like what if you don't have that money and speaking about money do you think there were more times you saw i guess slow nights than actual good nights like because you know with still like the stigma like or like the stereotype a stripper is going to make a thousand a day or something but in your relative experience did you think you saw more slow nights than even big nights or do you think you saw an even amount or do you think you saw more big nights than slow nights um I think that it was more, you know, big nights than slow nights for me. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really just based on the clubs that you work at. Like, it's not, mm-hmm. yeah, like, you just really have to get into a club where you know, like, you can make good money. You know that, um, like, the girls there will help you make good money. You know that the people that will be there are there, you know, to see people like you and are actually there to spend money. Like, it, it's always about how you market yourself. So you need to learn how to market yourself in a way that is most conducive for you to make money exactly no that's definitely true um what is advice you give to newcomers like people who are maybe listening to the podcast and they're like oh I was actually thinking about getting into this industry what is no matter age-wise what is some advice that you definitely give that you're like this is something I wish someone told me when I first got into it there is going to be a lot of people that will smile in your face but they are not really your friends and you have to be aware of that you know keep everybody at a distance and that doesn't mean that you have to act (laughs) stuck up or never really come you know never really um mesh with people you know you just have to learn that uh some people are only there for the ride some people are only going to be around just because they want to see the money that you're making you know the people that you're talking to so that when a chance comes they can put themselves onto your opportunities and you just kind of have to be wary of that and understand like that doesn't make them an evil or malicious person that's just how people are and you just kind of have to understand that and then you know work around it it's like people are just thinking for themselves right at the end of the day at the yeah at the end of the day we're all about self-preservation so of course they're going to think about themselves before they think about you was there also do you have any advice like people getting into it more so on the dancing itself um really just you know be confident honestly if honestly here's some good advice that I got if you look in the mirror and you don't feel like you're sexy Mm -hmm. then everybody else is going to see that as well if you don't feel like what you're doing is attractive, everybody else is going to see that as well. So always carry yourself like you're confident, like you're sexy and like you're attractive. Okay. Uh, no, for sure. For sure. I mean, confidence does sell. Like I like, it's true. Like when someone's confident and you can see that in their face, like I'm confident, no matter what it is, like it could be work, it could be school, it could be 
um, a new job that they're doing anything like you can see that like you're like their demeanor how they present themselves and confident selves because that's attractive you know they're like oh that person's confident it's kind of like too like when people flirt you know if you get a shy person who's flirting with you you kind of steer them away you know right but this person that you're talking to is confident and they sound like they know what they're talking about like (laughs) and I'm guessing too like we just like how I said confident selves so I'm guessing like the nights you were like you were feeling confident you probably made a lot of money and stuff like that you're like or made good amount of money because you're like the men maybe were just like oh she's really confident she's really enjoying herself is it like is that something you definitely believe in yes that I yes I believe in that too at like you really have to carry yourself confidence says a lot so you really have to carry yourself like you're confident even if you know you're not like you gotta fake it till you make it does also outfits really matter too like um, I mean, I know everybody gets their outfits different places. Some, some people might like this, some people like that. Like, what is your advice on outfits? Like when people are getting into that, like, does, is it, is it critical in your dancing? Yes, it is. It is very critical in your dancing. It, it, everything about the way that you look, because, um, this job is based off of appearances. So mm-hmm. unfortunately people are going to see you before they actually hear you talk or before they actually get to see you like dance. They're going to see you around the club, walking around, talking to other people, interacting with other people. And they're going to catch a glimpse of you with your outfit on, with your makeup, with your hair done. And sometimes you may not look as attractive as you want to look. Just always make sure that you're in an outfit that makes you feel confident and sexy about yourself. And an outfit where, you know, like, um, like maybe your your breasts are sitting up nicer, your butt pokes out a little bit more, like things like that. Like for example, when I was dancing, because I'm a little top heavy, I would make sure that I would wear outfits that accentuate my breasts more because you know that's what people see when they see me. <laughs> exactly right. And then I guess yeah, like you were saying, like it, you have to accentuate what you have. Something also I wanted to really talk about um, in this in this industry. I mean, it can be talked about in any topic, but race in this topic, like I like you are African-American, like, what do you, how do you think it was when it came into this, like, the stripping world? Do you feel like people favor white strippers or white dancers more than African-American or POCs, people of color? Um, Do you think that's not the case? How do do you see race in this uh, field? It depends on the club that you are working at. For example, the club that I worked at in Charlotte, uh, Mm -hmm. that was, like, a, a very, white club so it was mainly white girls working there however there were a lot of men that would come in that when they did see um like black women or women of color they would tend to flock towards those women more because they aren't used to seeing them as much um on the other hand I worked at a club in Pittsburgh where it was nothing but black girls there and every once in a while you see a white girl and those girls would make a lot of money because that's so uncommon it really you just really have to find a place where you so it's it seems like they steer more to what is uncommon in that club So if you have a whole bunch of white women and there's one black girl, they're going to flock more so to the black girl because it's not, it's, it's uncommon. It's like, this is like a, in their mind, like, oh, I never see her around here. So I'm going to go to her. Is that what you're saying? Right. Right. Wow. Is it, have you ever endured racism though in a club, maybe with like the owner or other dancers? Have you ever endured any racism or even heard of any racism that goes down in the club? I mean, I've definitely heard of it before. I've never personally endured it. But then again, like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, I really just tend to be like very calm and cool with everybody. Right. I've learned you can kill people with kindness. So just kill them with kindness and move on about your day. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I always wondered that too. Like, there's a lot of women of color, uh, black women, white women um, that are, are dancing, you know? And I've always wondered, like, 
when it comes to race, is that an issue too that happens? Like maybe this white girl may get more private rooms, you know, than somebody else, or maybe she's favorited more and stuff like that. And like, is that something that happens commonly? Like, I always wondered that, is that something that, yeah, white women get favored more or uh, white women maybe um, get more private rooms and not just white women, like black women too. I've always wondered, is that a thing that happens? And also like in, in the, like in the back room backstage and everything, like, do you endure like racism with other dancers? Like someone who's obviously being prejudiced because due to race and stuff like that. So I I just always wondered that. I mean, I don't think that is necessarily purely just based off of race. Mm. It's also like the certain things that are allowed in clubs. Cause I know like, uh, for example, working in Pittsburgh, there was a little bit of favoritism, but it's not really just based on race. It's based on uh, the girls that really made the most money and brought in the most money. Is and there favoritism course- also with like experience as well? Yeah, the girls that were more experienced, more seasoned dancers because they've been there longer. That's more uh, the ones who would get more favorable treatment but obviously it's because they're bit they've been there longer um so they're more accustomed to the system the way that things work they can they're able to train people they're able to uh, tell you like you know you can't do this you can't do that here's what you can get away with here's what you won't get away with like those type of things yeah oh yeah something to definitely look into and then with this world that's coming into um with the with the stripping industry as well i wondered also how does clubs take um people who are transgender you know like uh uh, mtf or ftm like uh, have you ever like endure have you ever seen i should say anyone maybe prejudiced because of like a transgender um dancer or heard of anything like that i've never personally heard of that but um i'm not going to say that that doesn't exist that isn't something that's out there i just never heard of that or seen that so i'm not familiar with that experience enough to speak on that yeah, I always wondered that too. Like, with if there's any prejudice that goes along, and there's probably there's pre- there's always going to be prejudice of anything, you know, race, sexuality, and stuff like that. But I always wonder too, like, different clubs and stuff like that. Have you seen though more of a rise in that? Um, with a lot of maybe other people like coming into this industry, like of maybe of color or um, of sexualities and stuff like that. honestly can't say that I have you know because I don't have any like previous experience um as far as that goes you know to talk about like Mm -hmm. I don't have any experience to compare it to from beforehand uh you know it would be different if I was working like back in 1990s and took a break and then started back again now like oh there's more women but I have nothing to compare it to from the experience that I previously had so I can't I don't really know do you have any um, stuff that you want to share, like stories that you want to share or anything from the industry that might give people insight or um, could be advice, could be insight, maybe a funny situation that or just even a situation that maybe opened your eyes more? Um, yeah, you know, I do have a story. <laughs> I do have a story. Um, yeah, so I was friends with this girl. Okay, I was, you know, this didn't happen to me a few times. I I don't know if it's just me or, you know, I, you know what I really believe it was. It's because I used to get drunk a lot. And so I'm very like, I'm naturally just like very airheaded and ditzy. Mm -hmm. Not to say like I'm stupid and just like, I don't pay attention to the things that 
things that are common sense to normal people just doesn't necessarily make sense to me. And so mm-hmm. like, I just don't catch on the things naturally like that. <clears throat> and so I, I used to get drunk a lot and I just wouldn't pay attention and just out of me not paying attention, like I wouldn't like look at my money or count my money. And it made it very easy for people to take money off of me. And I had one girl before tell me that, you know, <laughs> I don't know if she just thought like maybe I was drunk and wouldn't remember what she said, or if she was just drunk and rambling on and on. I don't really know. But right. she did tell me that uh, she would take money off of people's stage sets when she was really struggling and meeting like the quota that she wanted to meet for that night. And she would be talking like $30 at a time off of each girl. And like, that oh, so she, act. so she like, uh, she admitted to theft. Like she's yeah, like, I, I like take she, <laughs> and she told me like the reason why she did it is because she knew nobody would ever suspect her of that. And that, that kind of really opened my eyes up. And I, I you know, after that, I kind of looked at her sideways and I was like, you know, I'm not going to hang out with you no more. <laughs> like we can't be, Ooh, that's crazy like it like it goes back to how you said like you really don't know these people like they may be ha ha he he in your face but like she thought probably you're drunk she's like she's probably not going to remember this you know and right. the fact that you obviously i mean you're here to tell the story <laughs> so you obviously remember it but it, it's interesting to see that like when you it's like any job but still like there are people who you think are your friends or you think have good intentions but you just never know and they take advantage of you. And it's kind of sad too. Like, like we, we see like maybe the men may think they could take advantage because they're like, oh, she's drunk, she's dancing, whatever. But it's, it, it, it seems like it's it, like, would you say it's more disheartening when it's another dancer doing that to other dancers? Yes, it is. It certainly is. Like you were supposed to have, we were supposed to be like on the same page and you're doing this, but I get it. Like sometimes people have bills or sometimes people run into like hardships and I'm not saying that what they do is okay. Like by all means, that's not okay. But I could definitely understand seeing it from that perspective, like why they would be pushed to the limits and feel like that's something that they have to do. Right. It's yeah, it's, it's definitely something to look into. Like, I feel like when someone who definitely does go into this industry and were you friends with them prior or were you just, you met them at the club? Like, or cause like, like I, like, were you someone like, oh, this is a girl I, I've been known her. I could trust her. Or were you like, oh, I just met her. Maybe I could trust her. And this is, this was like. Well- she was a mutual friend um, of a friend that I had mm-hmm. at the time. And that's how we kind of like connected. Okay. So then you guys just ha- so happened to work at the same um, club. Yeah. And that we, yeah, because we had the same mutual friend, we started to hang out more and yeah, that's just kind of how that developed. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I bet you that. Yeah. I bet that's disheartening to be like, we're all, we're supposed to be family here and you're just taking people's money. I mean, $30 from each person's bag. What? That's, that's a, that's a good amount of money. <laughs> so it is like, <laughs> if you think about it, like if 10 girls worked that night, <laughs> And she's mm-hmm. taking $30 off of 10 girls. That's $300 she just made, plus whatever money she's going to make. Yeah. Like that, yeah. And then, that like, adds up. you never know. I feel like you never know. Like, she's taking, or whoever is taking $30, you know, and that could have been the only $30 another dancer had, you know, right. or that 30, even if they may have had 90, they needed that 90. They didn't need 60, you know, they needed, they needed that 90. 90. Yeah. Which is, it, it's selfish and it, yeah, it definitely is disheartening, especially if it's a peer, like a colleague and you're like, like, I never did that to you. Why are you doing that to me? You know what I'm saying? 
but with but honestly like you don't know what people are going through so i'm not telling y'all to judge anybody by by any means you know you just kind of have to look at people like that and that's just how people are like there there are people out here unfortunately that's going to try to get over on you that's going to try to play games there's people out here that's going to make you seem like you're the crazy one even that even though they know that they are in the wrong and at the end of the day that doesn't make them like extremely malicious people like no that's just how people are is it is speaking about like some people may do crazy things are there times where like dancers or people will lie on someone's name just to get them out of their beat based on jealousy or like they're like oh she's a really good dancer and I'm trying to get at the top like have you seen that before I've seen you know what I've seen a dancer Mm -hmm. um lie on one of the customers because the rule that we had at the club was Mm -hmm. um if they did anything that (laughs) violated um really like the rules of the club they would be kicked out of the room, the private dance that they were getting, and they wouldn't be refunded their money back. Would they be banned? Really, it just depends on how bad the the violation is. And I know a dancer who would lie just so that she didn't have to dance the whole entire time. She would lie on some of the customers and say that they, you know, like had touched her inappropriately or had pulled their pants down or something like that. Except one time she did it while the boss was watching her on the cameras and he caught her and she got banned from the club because of that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. How much, how long are those? I know it doesn't vary on clubs, like with the private dancing or is it all, they're usually all set the same. No, it varies. Uh, I know at the club that I used to work at in Charlotte, um, really like you control the private dances. So if you would take them up there, you would control uh, the money transaction. They would give you the money either up front or they would give you to you at the end of the dance. I would recommend you get the money up front, you know, just in case they want to act a little funny. Um, When I worked at the club in Pittsburgh, they actually had somebody upstairs in the VIP room who would collect the money fees for you. And, you know, you would just get paid out a portion of that at the end of the night. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's much safer having someone at the VIP. Like they're like, Oh yeah, I'm holding her money. Like, don't worry. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that's much safer. Do you prefer that more the VIP than rather than just get your money beforehand on your own? Yes, I do prefer that. You know, there's a lot of people that say like there's a hassle to that because then you <clears throat> definitely have to split the money with the club. However, you don't want to be that girl that is having to collect all that money from that man. And, you know, maybe the money that he gives you is like fake. So now you just lost out on $100 and you spent time, you wasted time that you could have been making another $100 because you were spending that with him and you wouldn't have done that had you known the money was fake. Like yeah. it's just, it's it takes a lot of the tediousness out of those tasks that like you just don't want to do do you deal with a lot of counterfeit money um I haven't personally dealt with a lot of counterfeit money I know I've heard stories about like for example like Usher going in the club and throwing <laughs> like bills that I you know I've never run into anything like that right. <laughs> but that was you know, insane that was so insane I was like what? that was that was comical to me like <laughs> he he space and everything. that was insane and I know he did that sober so <laughs> that was a sober thought yeah but um when you when somebody gets into this field and maybe the first thing they think is I'm gonna try to do more private rooms than dancing on stage do you advise to that or do you think equal it out or do you think do more stage work and then let the private rooms come to you like what do you think 
some people are more confident, you know, working the floor than they are on stage. Like it just varies depending on the person that you are. If you're somebody that's confident talking to people like face to face and you feel like you can make more money doing that as compared to like dancing on stage, by all means go for it. And the chances of you actually making money like that might be better because there's more people walking around on the floor who are just sitting there mingling around and would prefer for dancers to walk up to them and actually engage in conversation with them compared to men who actually have to go out on a limb and go up to the stage and toss money on you. Like not all men are comfortable with that. So you just kind of have to get in where you fit in. Okay. Yeah. Do you see more like in the clubs have you seen, do you see more um, dancers lean more to private rooms though? Or do you think they're just like, no, I've seen more dancers lean more towards stage dancing. Okay. I feel like at one point you're going to have to do it. You know what I'm saying? The stage dancing. Cause it's like, don't they call yes. your name like to get to the <laughs> stage and everything like that? Yes, you have to go on stage. Now, if you don't know any tricks, that's all on you. But <laughs> you're going to have to go on stage at one point in a night every single night. So so what advice do you even have also for someone who knows no tricks? Like they they got they got through the audition and everything and they know no tricks and they're called on stage. Like what do you tell them just like do you say just dance until you make it like shake it till you make it like what do you what is your advice to that like someone who's like I'm not too I'm not strong yet physique my physique is not that strong yet and or I'm not great on tricks what do you advise then you know what because I see I've, I've heard so many stories and when I first started out I thought like you know because I can't do any tricks like I gotta shake my butt so hard like you gotta go hard and you, you don't really have to do all of that. You know, there's songs where you just like feel the rhythm of the beat and dance. Like if you feel sexy and you feel confident, you know, you know that what you're doing is good. As long as you feel sexy and confident with yourself, if you feel unsure, you're going to look like you feel unsure and people can read into that. So you just constantly make sure that you feel sexy about yourself and that'll show on stage. Exactly. Yeah. Cause it seems like do the dance that you got to do and people will see that and they're like okay she didn't do any tricks but she was confident in what she did and that's what matters right and just because a song (laughs) is playing and it may be a fast song don't need don't mean that you need to like shake your butt until it fall off like you don't need to do that like you can you can still dance to the rhythm of the beat and still go at the same pace like you don't have to do the most you can just calm down sometimes that's another thing I wanted to talk about um I feel like there are I've, I've I've heard actually so many um women like like just talking in conversation and they're like I would love to strip or I would love to do that but I don't know any tricks or I'm not confident enough in my body or like I'm I'm not strong you know what I'm saying and like Mm -hmm. they get intimidated but it's like they truly do want to get into it they do want to get into this industry and um like how you were talking earlier before like things that you should know mental note like you got to be mentally strong you got to be you may be physically strong you have to just understand that there are going to be days like people are going to prey on you and literally like look at you as just a body you know and like you have to understand so it seems like there is a lot of like people who are intimidated because like oh do you see those strippers they're doing poles they're doing they're spinning around I can't do that like do you like you advise like that for them just go for it honestly I would and you know what for the people that feel that feel like very 
um, unconfident with themselves and very unsure, I just want to let you know that a lot of times the pole spins on its own and those strippers don't spin around the pole. So if ever you just get up there and don't know what you're doing, if you just grab onto the pole, it'll turn by itself. You don't have to do much. Just stand there. (laughs) Is that a a lot of... um... Clubs that's a that lot do? of clubs that is a lot of clubs very rarely will you ever go to a club the chances of you going to the club and the pole spinning is higher than the chances of you going there and it being stiff wow that's that did not even know that i thought i thought a lot of the times you're doing that and i'm like oof, my wrist would break <laughs> i'm like oh my wrist would snap but no like i did not know that the pole spins wow that's that's great to know and everything like that um and you, we were talking about what you said, rubbing alcohol they put on the, on the pole for it to be, yeah. is that for a grip you said? It's yeah. In the event that the pole, like the girl before you was wearing lotion or some type of oil, uh, uh, if the pole is slippery, that rubbing alcohol will clear that off. Do you also advise not to wear, like when someone's getting into this industry, do you advise don't wear any lotion, don't wear any oils and stuff like that? Yes, I would. If you are going to put on lotion, you might as well just get in the shower like earlier in the day and go ahead and lotion your body up then. That way it seeps into your skin so your skin is nice and soft when you do go into work that night. Because if you put on lotion when you get there, it's not just going to be you slipping and sliding around. It'll be everybody else after you. And it won't just be on the pole. It'll be all over the floor because, you know, unfortunately, sometimes you're going to have to slide around on the floor and it's going to get there. And you you just, you want to make it as possible for all of y'all to make money yeah. as you can as you can so like don't do anything that could cause y'all to embarrass yourselves or right and then yeah, um cause any accidents have you seen maybe people who get into this industry and they seemed super confident when they first came in and super happy and then it just took a toll on their mental health and maybe they left the club maybe they left that have you seen that a lot like people yes, just I- leave Yes, I have. Yes, I have. This is not something that is for the faint of heart. You really have to be strong in like your morals and who you are as a person um, in order to do this job. Like I said before, because if you aren't, like you may fall victim to people who are in certain situations that will prey on you and take advantage of that because because they know the type of person that you are and you're so unsure of yourself and that shows. So yeah, so I was going to say like when when someone is like, I guess not mentally okay maybe they're just going through it maybe they're having mental health issues and stuff like that do do they get attacked on more because they seem vulnerable um i'm not gonna i like i honestly don't know uh as far as that goes Mm -hmm. i really just think like it depends some people um i know that there are a lot of predatory people in the club yes and these club scenes that you go to and the chances of that happening are very, very high. So you really just kind of have to be on alert. If you if you are aware that you're the type of person where you're you may struggle with like mental health problems, it's okay to take a break every now and then. Like you don't have to go into work every night. There's a lot of clubs that you know you make your own schedule. So you can just say like, hey, I'm gonna call out for tonight. I need to take it a little easy tonight. Right. Yeah. Definitely take care of yourself first. Like <clears throat> the money will be there. You know, the money will right. be there. Like, but like your mental health is what it really matters, you know, and right. kind of how, like you said in the beginning, you kind of have to worry about yourself in this industry. Like you may, not everybody's going to be your friend and you have to really think for yourself, like if your mental health isn't there, if you're, maybe it's become making you depressed and stuff like that, or like, you're just thinking deeply about it. You have to really think like, okay, I do need a break from this, you know, and that, that's any job, you know, like I do need a break. I, <clears throat> sometimes things can just deteriorate. Or maybe you just had a bad night. You had a bad experience with somebody and you're like, I just don't want to deal with that. You know, what is something you would say needs to change, though, 
in the stripping industry. Maybe it's like the job is performed or like uh, something that strippers have to do that you're like that we should, they should eliminate that. There's no purpose of that. Or like, what is something you think in the stripping industry, like that needs to change for sure. I would say having the strippers tip everybody out at the end of the night. Well, I you mean, tip understand. everybody out. Like, like if somebody didn't get tipped out, you have to tip them out. Like, for example, having to pay the <clears throat> house fee, and then you have to pay like the bouncers, the security guards, the DJs. I feel like if I didn't ask for any songs that night, what you got to pay all like, these people? Yeah, like you're supposed to tip them out. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> like, wow. I, and, and sometimes I, most, at some clubs, like it varies, like you just, you only have to pay like the house fee or really just depending on where you work at. But I feel like that's something that we need to get rid of altogether. Like, I understand you're there to make your money. I feel like um, if I didn't ask you for any songs that night, or if uh, maybe your song selection for me was a little trash, like I'm not going to tip you out for doing that. Like you just got tipped out for doing the bare minimum. So you still have to tip out, even though you may have not requested a song. Yeah, that's something that's still, yeah. So do security guards, do they get paid by the owner or do they get paid by the strippers technically? Like, is their wage coming from the strippers? Both, really. Oh, wow. So they're getting paid hourly and they're getting paid by the strippers. It just depends on what they have set up because not some, not all bodyguards get paid like hourly. Oh, like, okay. Some they just have a set fee at the end of the night that they get paid. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that seems kind of redundant like I get I always am a huge believer of tipping all the time you know like but it seems and is it like may I always saw this like is it uh, a lot of strip clubs they have free drinks right right so would you have to tip the bartender too and stuff like that like yeah really (laughs) you're supposed to but it really just depends like for example the club that I used to work at in Charlotte, you would have to tip the the bartender out. But when I worked in Pittsburgh and even working, you know, here in Florida, you didn't really have to do that. And the reason being is because they were working so much, they were getting so much money throughout the night. Sometimes the bartenders ended up making more money than the actual dancers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So like, let's say you are at a place that you have to pay out, you have to tip the bartender, you have to tip the bouncer, you have to tip, um, the DJ and you have the house fee, right? Let's say you made $300. How much are you really bringing home back? Like if you so said you made really, $300 that night. It really just depends. Cause sometimes you don't have to tip them a lot of money. Sometimes uh, like okay. you only have to tip the DJ, like $10, you tip the bartender $10, you know, you tip the balance for $10 and then the house fee is like 15. That's you a know? lot of money coming out though. From like, I mean, if, you, if you made like only like a set amount and then you have to tip all these people, it's like, damn, how much money did I really make? You know? Yes, it it really, yeah, you just, yeah, you just got to learn to play the game a little bit more. So would you advise then for anyone that does go into this industry, figure out how um, strip, like each strip club is. So like, let's say someone is auditioning at, let's call it um, flame strip club. Okay. Would you tell that person, figure out how they work on fees? Is that something you would definitely say? That's one of the first things you should figure out. Yeah, figure out everything about that club before you go work there. Like, why would you, would you go into a job and not know anything about that job for, would you go into an interview and not know anything about that position? Like, Well, you're, you're right. No, I didn't mean it like that. I meant like, you know, there were some clubs that you, you know, you said you, you set a, a, 
like you knew you had to pay the balance or this is this and this, you know, would you say like for those, those are things that you should definitely know off the bat, be like, ask the owner, is there a house fee? Is there a bouncer fee? You know, like, is there a bouncer tip? Like all that stuff? Uh, yeah, I would, I would recommend doing that. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And would you say you would definitely go back to stripping if you could? I don't know about all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Like for the experience that, that you got and like the years that you've done it and stuff like that, is this something that you would be like, I would definitely go back. Or is this something like I did my time? Yeah, that's more so something like I did my time. It was there. It was good while it lasted. You know, we had some good times, but this is over with now. It's over with. Okay. Yeah. And it seems like too, like, do you have, what do you say about people like, about like how we should normalize it? What is your stance on that? Like how we should normalize sex workers and also like stripping and stuff like that? Like, what is your say on it? I feel like, I feel like people should be entitled to do whatever it is that they want to do with their body without people having an opinion on that or feeling some type of judgmental way about that. But unfortunately, that's not the world that we live in. I also feel like we live in a, a, a society that, you know, sexuality is something that's hypersexualized, you know, that's very out there and in your face and it's not how it used to be and because of that, you know, like unfortunately a lot of uh, violence against women has gone up and I think that's something that also needs to be addressed. I really don't feel like there's any way that we can come to like a like a standstill on this really. It's always something that's going to fluctuate. It's always going to be something that has an effect on us as a society, but mainly on us as women. Would you say there is a lot of violence that happens into the stripping industry? Like a lot of abuse? Um, I mean, I definitely know a few stories of women who started doing that, you know, just because they were trying to get out of a situation that they were in or (laughs) that got into stripping and then, you know, definitely did get into a situation because of that. Uh, I can definitely say that I've heard a few stories about that. I've known people personally who have dealt with that. I just, um, as far as that goes, maybe I could be a little bit more desensitized to it or more sensitive to it because I have heard the stories and not everybody experiences that. So maybe I could just be looking at things from my own idiosyncratic view. Right, right, yeah. And I think also, why do people have this stigma like people who dance are like, they're not smart and stuff like that do you think that's a stigma too that needs to leave like i've i've talked to yeah. some sure i'm like dude this, this <laughs> girl is smart as hell and i'm like i didn't even know that you know what i'm saying like and a lot of people don't understand which it's funny there's a lot of college kids that are stripping there's a lot actually you'd be surprised like people have this agenda and this mentality like it's some 20 year old that didn't make it in life and is giving up on their life no like there's a lot of people that you just don't know because during the daytime and in the morning they're in class you know and right like, but at night they're here exactly because why are they they're literally like well i never see her strip blah, blah blah i'm like first of all who is the primary audience in that strip club it's it's older men you know it's men that are 30 and up most of the time you know like you don't see a lot of college kids or college boys going to a strip club and stuff like that so and the thing is like a lot of people keep it to themselves too like they don't want the whole university knowing yeah, I'm a stripper. Yeah, I, I dance. You know what I'm saying? And not don't ever be ashamed. Anyone who's listening, don't ever be ashamed in what you do. You know what I'm saying? Hold it with pride and confidence and whatever, because at the end of the day, this is a job that is still at the end of the day, a job. 
we need to normalize stripping we need to normalize sex workers and everything like that but it's just so interesting like I've been like I've gone to the strip clubs you know like support friends and stuff and you look around and there's a lot of young people like 21 22 23 you know or even 18 and you're just like wow and they're in college and the whole reason is they're paying bills you know what I'm saying they need extra money not everybody has a silver spoon in their mouth to help them pay for stuff you know not everybody is able to get mommy and daddy or aunts and uncles to help them pay with like tuition or or food and stuff like that this is a real industry with people doing real things people have bills to pay people need food to pay i've heard stories where strippers like maybe don't even eat because they're they, they maybe didn't make enough money you know what i'm saying they're back on rent and stuff like that like it's still a job and i hate i hate when people are like if you want to make money just go work at a mcdonald's not everybody wants to work at a McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? Like, why don't you go work at a McDonald's? You know, like, I hate that. And nothing wrong with McDonald's workers just saying like, a job is a job. No, nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying like, I hate when people be like, this is what you chose. This is what you want to do. And I'm like, but you're the same one who sits in your bed and watching porn. You're the same one who probably will go to a strip club. You're the same one who's go subscribing to OnlyFans. So it's very interesting. Like people would just talk so much shit. And like how you said, people just talk just to talk. They feel like they have their pride on their, on their shoulders. And they're all like, oh yeah, she's a hoe and stuff like that. But I'm like, this is still at the end of the day. Um, oh, give me one second. Sorry. So then this is what I'm saying is like, this is still at the end of the day, a, a job that pays bills. I go to a job and I clock in same as anybody else. They go to a job and they clock in like a stripper is going to get paid. We have the same mentality. I'm here for a check. I'm here to get paid. And some people like faster money, period. That's it. Some people like fast money. Not everybody wants to do a job working from nine to five and making 15 or 12 or $11 an hour. Some people are like, this is more volatile to me. I can come one day and make $300. I can come one day making $50, but at the end of the day, I'm still making money, period. Right. So that is one thing I, I feel like that's a stigma that I hate. Like, uh, like these are pe- these are women that threw their lives away, or these are women that, or even men, men who strip or anyone who strips, these are people that threw their lives away. These are people who are not smart. No, a lot of you, you'd be surprised how many people are in the, in this industry that are young and are in college or, you know, that are making, a lot of them are, they're doing it so they can fund their own businesses. I've seen people like that. Like I've heard stories where like they strip because they make money. And then when they make money, they can help, it helps to fund their own business. Oh, it helps with their tuition. You know, it's the same thing. it's the same exact thing so um thank you so much Katrina um is there anything else that you wanted to say about maybe the industry like and like I know we had talked about advice or anything you want to say like last minute like talks about this world or in this industry I mean no I think we uh, pretty much touched on everything just stay focused stay worried about your money um watch who you're around and, you know, just be strong and confident in who you are. Period. Yeah, definitely. I understand that for sure. Definitely. And anyone who's definitely going into it and maybe they're scared to go into it. Maybe they feel ashamed. This is not a job to be ashamed of. It is a job. Always think of it like that. And as long, you know, everybody's beautiful and you got to just work on your confidence and like, and, and like put out your confidence and just know, like, 
<clears throat> you may have people talk about you and all that stuff. It doesn't matter. You, if you want to do this industry and if this is something like you're interested in, or maybe you are already in the industry and maybe you've been thinking things in your head, like, oh, people are talking, don't even worry about it. This is a job that should have already been normalized because a lot of people are, won't even admit that they enjoy this and like sex workers and stuff like that, but they love to shame them. You know, this is a job that should have been normalized a long time ago. And with the stigma and stereotypes that this world puts on it, it sucks. But at the end of the day, like if this is something you want to get into and stuff like that, go for it. I, no matter what, go for it. And um, thank you so much for listening to the Point Blank Period podcast. My name is Shiro and this is Katrina. And I hope you all have a great, great, fascinating night. Have a good night, guys. Bye, guys.